I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So hello and welcome to a very special episode, an emergency episode of All Stats, aren't we? I'm John McKenzie and I'm joined by my good pal Josh Hobbs. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's been a bit of a week, hasn't it, so far? What are we? We're at Wednesday now. <laughs> Captain, it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's been pretty draining, hasn't it? I Obviously, I wasn't on for the, um, for the Bielsa uh, look back um, pod, but you guys did an amazing job. Uh, on that that podcast, I I was emotional listening to that, and it's been been difficult, hasn't it? When this man who was incredible for our football club and uh, yeah, inspired us all in, in so many ways. Um, for him to go, even though I, like, I'm not going to lie and and say that I wasn't one of the people that felt that that was the right thing, I still found it really like emotionally impactful him him going and um I've never felt that way that way about a Leeds manager leaving funnily enough I I didn't cry when Steve Evans left or, or <laughs> Gary Monk or anyone like that but um yeah now we have to try and look forward yeah I was catching some of the video again it's still going around of Bielsa signing things at the training ground after the announcement and it's just remarkable really to see a fan base that keen to see off a manager in terms of actually show their appreciation for him and there's not many other managers I think in world football where you can look back and say that they were they were they had that sort of impact that meant that there was a just a, a massive outpouring of, of grief when he left I guess someone like Mauricio Pochettino is a similar um, sort of correlate there but there's very few and far between these sorts of managers but that does bring us to the tricky question of, of the next manager so we now know that Jesse Marsh has been appointed as the Leeds United manager and I think for those people who are going to miss Bielsa I think there are at least some stylistic similarities that we're going to see with Jesse Marsh's Leeds United so um, all hope is not lost at least at this point. I released a video on our Patreon channel this week a 30 minute video just breaking down some of the basic ideas about Jesse Marsh I've, I've I've watched a lot of Jesse Marsh but I'm still formulating my takes on him so um yeah there's the there is that video out there just a, the sort of broad brush strokes of Jesse Marsh's article and you can find that on our Patreon I'm just going to summarize the basics of what I said 
there here and then Josh and I are going to start thinking a little bit more about how the Jesse Marsh style of play will then um, impact on the way that Leeds United are playing so the I think the most important thing to to note when we're talking about Jesse Marsh is that what we're going to see in terms of in possession stuff is really direct football through the middle for the most part so in terms of when we build up the ball we're going to try and get the ball directly through the center of the field uh, forward to the to, to the the attacking players and if the ball is turned over then a counter press is initiated which is ball oriented now I'll, I'll I'll explain what I mean by both of those terms now so a counter press isn't just any press it's a, a, a press which is initiated as a means of starting a counter attack so we've seen that happen a lot with Leeds particularly this season actually um, so the idea is that when the opponents get the ball they're going to try and move into their uh, attacking structure and if you can win the ball back at that moment then there should be some space left that you can exploit and what I mean by a ball oriented counter press is that the 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 focus of the counter press is going to be on the ball. We've just come from a system under Bielsa, obviously, where the the focus for the players pressing has been the the men. The ball does come into it, but it's it's a man to man press and and usually functions by getting close to to opponents. This is ball oriented, so uh, what you will see is players swarming the ball to try and win it back quickly. And the general idea is that if you can if you can initiate that really smart ball oriented press immediately after you lose the ball then the opponent won't have the time to settle into possession and make it harder for you to to take that ball back um and then from there obviously what the idea as we said is to play direct football through the middle so you play directly through the middle if you lose the ball quick counter press and then you try and directly play through the middle again and hopefully there will be some space for you to to um to take that to to spring that that sort of attack on and, and, and exploit. Um, in terms of the high pressing, then, so when the opposition start off with the ball, uh, what the the most important thing I think to note is that what what Jesse Marsh is trying to do is compact the field. So I, I will use the phrase compaction a lot. I think in the next couple of years, um, and the general idea there is that you're you're trying to make the space around the ball crowded essentially and again that sort of works in the same idea that um, if you can crowd the area around the ball the opponent won't be able to um, possess the ball as they want to and move it move it around Uh, and so we will we will see that Um, and if that high press fails then you do leave yourself open to a counter-attack a little bit so um, what you'll see is that um, if that f- initial high uh, press doesn't function well and the ball maybe switches to the other side of the field, you'll see um, Jesse Marsh's team regrouping, dropping deep, attempting to um, to get into a nice defensive structure and then they can restart their counter press there. Um, the high press also, it's worth saying, can be quite passive. So um, particularly against bigger sides, you'll see um, opponents are able to possess the ball and move it forward to, to a certain extent. Uh, and and the Marsh team will sit back uh, and, not, and, and just f- function on trying to funnel the ball into certain areas. So they will funnel the ball wide. Uh, they will use the, the sideline as a as an extra defender, as the cliche goes. Uh, and again, the idea there is that you can uh, remove the space, do a counter press around the ball, and and then win the ball, and then direct directly attack. Um, so the overarching principle: a central compaction um, around the ball, remove space around the ball to prevent the opponents from progressing. And when the ball is won back, you attack at speed to make the most of the space that is left from the opponents being in a possession structure. So that's the basic overview. There's lots of obviously uh, tweaks and and uh, uh, special cases within that that we will will come on to. But I'll come over to you first, Josh. And, and um, we, 
can talk about just the overall style. You've watched a lot of Jesse Marsh in the last few days. What have you made of it? Yeah, I think there's definite similarities to Bielsa. Um, that sort of idea of trying to quickly transition in attack, like lots of our attacks this season have, have been breakneck speed um, and then sort of perhaps breaking down because of some bad decisions at the end. Um, so that's something that's going to be interesting if that's now our sort of main source of attacking. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Marsh is able to improve that in, in some way. Um, I also think something that I think is probably a positive about his way of playing um, is that he wants to get the ball forwards um, quickly from the back um, and that's a way that we had been exposed uh, this season is getting pressed by by our opponents when we're trying to um, to pass it around the back. Not that we we never will pass it around the back, so I don't think that would be the case. But we are trying to get the ball into the middle of the pitch in their half as quickly as we can in in this um, in this system. So I think that will hopefully be a positive for us. Um, and I'm I'm pleased. Uh, I've said enough times that I was tired of man marking. I am looking forward to seeing how this uh, ball oriented press will work for us. I think we've got the um, a lot of what Marsh needs from the players. We've already got through Bielsa in terms of how uh, how they need to um, go all in is what he talks about. So. Um, sprinting directly to the ball uh, although our um our system before wasn't necessarily sprinting directly to the ball apart from maybe you would see that from from Dan James sprinting directly at, at his man and and just <laughs> taking them out um but now we will see that from all of our players and they're already fit enough for it is what what I'm trying to say that that that's there already um I think it will be interesting to see how it works in terms of the timing because that's really, really important um, with that ball-oriented press. He talks a lot about you have to go together. So if the first person springs that press, if we're not quite um, all on board with that yet, if if not everyone's learned when the trigger is, if not everyone's picked that up, then that could be exploited. And we know that, as you've mentioned, there are... Uh, weak points in in pressing uh, whichever kind of style you go and in Jesse Marsh's style that is someone might bang it over the top or play just a direct pass in between centre-backs and a striker runs onto it or they switch it and go round us so there'll be new things for for us (laughs) to get frustrated about on here. Interesting that you say that I've just been watching the Liverpool Salzburg game from 2019 season I think you've watched as well and in that game, what I noticed is that Liverpool were absolutely making hay in the wide areas. Um, Salzburg were playing in a 4-2-2-2, which is one of the formations that we will soon go on to talk about. And it's a very narrow formation. Liverpool were loving getting into wide areas and causing them problems. So we saw Jesse Marsh switch his midfield. So he took the, the 2-2 and, and made it into a diamond in that central space. And that sorted out a lot of the problems there as well. So um, there's a level to which I think what we're going to see here is uh, a lot more flexibility in terms of... Um, 
on the field but when you don't have a man marking system you have the ability to play a formation that suits you um, and and doesn't have to fit to the opposition um, so we'll see that he, he has used a number of, of different formations although the general principles are going to remain the same and the, the, the formations that he's going to use are going to be generally narrow in the forward areas um, and you are only going to get width from, from fullbacks or wingbacks rather than as we've seen under Bielsa through wingers so it's going to be a very different type of uh, build-up play as well and I think just one more thing on the style before we we get into it uh, what 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 I find fascinating about this is that it's going to be in possession very different from what we've had under Bielsa and it'll be interesting to see how the fan base comes to terms with that because there isn't really the need to possess the ball at the back for long periods there's no need to build up in wide areas and try and keep possession in those wide areas this is very much about getting forward centrally quickly and not worrying too much when possession is turned over so um, I think there will be lots of frustration at first when when that that sort of very laissez-faire approach to possessing the ball is is evident right I've, I've heard him uh, speak about it and he he says um he wants a he wants a high risk high reward um philosophy on on the ball so basically it's it's about trying to get it into like high value areas where you can you're more likely to be able to create a goal from and if you if you get it into those areas but it doesn't necessarily go to your player it doesn't really matter because it's just then about well the ball's there and we'll win it back there and then we can create from there so I, I was saying uh, earlier when we were talking about this that in that sort of more classic british coaching uh phrase it's it's a it's a bit about winning the second balls um and then seeing seeing what you can do there um i don't want to say that it makes me think of like burnley or stoke but there is a little bit of that i think um i don't want to say it but i have said it um <laughs> But it, it is about because uh, I don't. It's not like route one play to a target man. So I think that's what's what's different. Although he has um, had like physical strikers that that are able to play it onto a to a runner. Um, I don't know that we have that right now. Um, but it is about getting it quickly to that area, and and that's I mean that's in the sort of uh, modern coaching version of it. It's calling it verticality, isn't it? Playing playing vertical, playing forwards quickly and, and uh, yeah, seeing where you go from there. It's high volume attacking, I think, isn't it? And I guess that's mm. similar to what we've seen with Bielsa, particularly this season. Uh, but the idea is that if you have a lot of attacks, then hopefully one of them will, will kind of come off. You don't worry too much if you if it doesn't come off because you know that you will be having more attempts and chances to, to build up later on. It's the opposite to Guardiola, who's like, let's just keep resetting, keep resetting, keep resetting until we get that moment to play through the space we want to go to instead it's let's keep going to the space we want to go to and one of them will get through rather than we'll we'll just pass it back if it's not on let's just touch on formations a little bit um because as i've mentioned there that he is happy to use different formations um the 4222 is the is the famous sort of red ball model formation and again the idea there is that you're trying to get as many players around the central spaces as possible but that doesn't mean to say you couldn't use other formations so um marsh has used a 4231 i think he used that quite a bit when he was at new york red bulls uh, again that's a, a, a similar sort of formation it's just that you're playing much more of a I guess a second striker than a pair of strikers in your in your team you're just dropping one of them back again that's that's 
pretty narrow. Um, we've also seen him play with back threes as well. So um, the the three four three was used a little bit at RB Leipzig, although with the caveat that RB Leipzig squad does suit a 3-4-3 much better um, and they have been playing 3-4-3 under Domenico Tedesco since Marsh left. Um, in terms of the, the formation, what have you made of, of these the, the sort of formations that, that he plays? And I'm thinking maybe pos- positionally and role-oriented from you here because um, what we're, what we're going to see is some form of a, a back line uh, a pivot, a double pivot, so two players rather than one, which is what we've seen under Bielsa, uh, and then those narrow, narrow, wide players, and then two strikers or, or some sort of iteration, and maybe one striker and a ten. Um, we've also seen a, a four-four-two diamond, I think, a few times under uh, Jesse Marsh as well. So, uh, what, what are your thoughts on how different this is going to look formationally and, and role-wise for for the team? I think he stands out for. Uh that role like because having a double pivot is like that's pretty standard in 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 football uh these days but having the sort of two narrow attacking midfielders whatever we want to whatever we want to call them half wingers um that's something that stands out i mean in the premier league there obviously is uh hasenhutl at southampton that utilizes that not all the time but sometimes um rangnick has has tried it uh, Man United, I don't know if it's been working out particularly well, probably because they don't really have the profile of players for it, which is interesting considering that we probably don't have the profile <laughs> of players for that. Um, so I don't know how... I, I'm not sure yet whether I feel we'll see the 4-2-2-2 or the Diamond 4-4-2 this season or not, or whether that's something that he'll sort of try to work towards and presuming we stay up, recruit for for future. Um, the 3-4-3 does make more sense to me um, because of the profile of players that we have, even though I think you would have Rafinha and James probably as the, as the two wide players. I think they would they would have to play more narrow than they have been playing, but they wouldn't have to play as narrow as they probably need to play in the, in the four triple two. Um, because it's, I mean, James is not really a half space player, which is what needs to happen in that, uh, in that shape. I think Rafinha could play in the half space as well. Um, but equally, I'd say that he has been at his best for Leeds when he's high and wide his best game this season was against West Ham when he was able to go one-on-one with fullbacks a lot. And last season, he he was amazing with that. So it's it's quite a difficult one, I think, uh, to, to kind of see how it would work. And that's why, ideally, you would want Marsh to be coming in in the summer where there's like a squad refresh and time to work through the tactics as well because you yeah, mentioned exactly, so. that pressing zonal pressing structures are going to be something that do need to be learned and they need to be learned by players who haven't been playing in a, a zonally um, oriented pressing system uh, for three seasons four seasons now a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In terms of the, the positions, then let's just start thinking a little bit about how you expect this team to line up under Jesse Marsh. So we can start with a bat line. Let's assume for the interests of clarity that we are going to see the 4222 or the 442 diamond in some iteration this season. Yeah, I, I, he will definitely do it. Uh, like I'm sure that he will because it is his primary thing. I, I mean, I maybe he'll end up doing the 343 more, but yeah, we definitely should. And I think as well the 4222 or the 442 diamond do lend themselves to the pressing system a little bit more. Yeah, they do. It's it's a lot easier for you to fall into it. You a, can fall on the ball. Yeah, exactly. Like Anyway, let's assume there's going to be a back four. The two centre-backs, what what have you made of watching centre-backs under Jesse Marsh? I feel that he will prefer Robin Koch uh, and Strauch right now. Um, maybe maybe Cooper will come back it come back in. Um, but I the reason why I think that is because... Uh, as I said, one of the weaknesses is ball being played over the top. So he wants um, he wants his centre backs to get tight to the opponents and win the ball in the air as much as possible. Um, and I believe that Koch is the stronger in uh, in aerial duels. Um, also, if the ball does go over the top. I think he's better at recovering in behind, although it's been quite a while since we've seen um, Robin Koch play in that position for Leeds. I think he's superior to Irente in that particular thing. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he likes Cresswell. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm expecting him to be coming straight in or anything, but it'd be interesting to see because obviously, as I said about that aerial dominance, I think that's something that Cresswell impresses in. I agree with you on, on, on both counts. I think in many respects, the centre-backs is maybe one of the easiest positions to see players in. Um, I guess there's the issue of how does he rank players relative to one another? Um, and also, I guess the question of like how concerned will he be to have right-sided, um, strong-sided um, centre-backs in terms of footedness? Um, I suspect it probably won't be as important, although I'm, I am thinking back. I mean, RB Leipzig, he had... Um, Josko Gradiol playing as his left centre-back at times, although they did play with a wing-back system as well, so he uh, played as the wing-back at times as well. Um, so they definitely went with a left-sided, left-footed centre-back in that system. But um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just presumed it because I guess most modern coaches do prefer to have the dominant foot uh, on, on the natural side, but um, maybe he won't be as strong on it and even though we like Bielsa was strong on it there were still occasions where we had two left footers which is, you don't see that very often but yeah and the other thing I suppose is that because you're not doing build-up in wide areas you don't need to be able to play that 
diagonal pass quite so crisply necessarily I don't think just about getting it forwards yeah you're expecting your centre-backs to be good passers through the middle but I don't think that necessarily matters too much Uh, I guess if you're playing against a a high pressing opposition then that that would be an issue if you're naturally falling on your wrong foot but um, in terms of build-up from what I've seen particularly with RB Leipzig um, it it seemed as though you you try and you move the ball around until one of your centre-backs or your full-backs can can find an inside pass that is going to split the the opposition a little bit. So, uh, in terms of that, I guess that moves us on to fullbacks. So, in terms of fullbacks, um, as we've said, the fullback position is is kind of quite different um, under Marsh than it is from from Bielsa. Uh, with Bielsa, you want your fullbacks to get forward a lot, obviously, but uh, a lot of the time, those fullbacks are doing a lot of build up in wide areas uh, and trying to fashion uh, chances to get the ball into the box from those wide areas. Whereas my impression of watching Marsh's fullbacks is that they don't take many touches of the ball at all. Um, they will help in the build up, but um, a lot of the time, they, they will sit very high as well. Um, and sometimes you'll see your fullbacks in advance of the double pivot. Um, so you end up with like a really weird kind of box defence uh, behind them. But it, it does seem as though that they're encouraged not to really keep the ball, not to really run with the ball, but to try and get the ball again directly into the central spaces so that um, that, that you can tr- uh, try and break break down and then counter-press if the, if the ball's lost. So thoughts on the fullbacks? Yeah, I didn't see it as a like a ball progressor role uh, like, it, like it has been uh, for us under Bielsa. Um, so I, I wondered whether, um, like we, we've obviously been talking earlier, will Ailing be like first choice uh, right back or not anymore, or will it perhaps be Dallas? But the one reason why I wonder whether it might be Dallas is because it's in terms of like attacking runs. I think he's better at attacking runs, but he's not as good at um, progressing the ball as Ailing. So he could be. Um, particularly if it was the three-four-three, I think he would be the wing back that I would go for on the right. Um, I might I might be wrong about that, but I think he's better at, at off the ball runs. Um, and if it in that space higher up the pitch, I, I just generally think he's he's better than Ailing. So it would be interesting to see how that goes on the other side. Um, I expect it to be Furpo. Um, again, if it's the three four three, I kind of feel like that could benefit him. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, maybe he'll like Dallas there on the left as well. So it, it's hard to say. But Furpo, if if it's high up, as you you were saying, like stationed high up to start with, I don't know how good he is at getting back. If then we give the ball away, um, I think we've probably all felt that he hasn't recovered into uh, defensive positions very well after Leeds have turned the ball over which was particularly disastrous in man marking it might not be as much of an issue here I'd, I'm not sure but um, yeah I, it kind of feels like it's going to be those three uh, it will be two from those three unless he considers Shackleton to be a right back as well yeah, I guess the other question that we've been asked a lot about is being the um, the use of maybe Dan James and Jack Harrison as wing backs or full backs. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I think I could only see that in the if it was actually wing backs. If it was three four three, maybe, but I don't see that in in one of the four in one of the four four two type formations. I just I don't think that would happen. 
Yeah, I, I guess the the thing to say about the the fullbacks is that um, I definitely think that Marsh will want again strong sided footedness on on in, in both of his fullbacks because I think a lot of the time you are expected to hook the ball into the box um, when you can. Um, so I, I I think that if if we were to see either of those two as wing backs, we would see them on there. So it would mean that Dan James would be on the right hand side if he if he was used. Um, but yeah, I, I don't anticipate us seeing either of those two players played uh, as wing backs personally. Uh, and then the double pivot. So the double pivot is interesting, or I guess it could be a single pivot as well, but largely a double pivot. But the, the double pivot is interesting because I think a lot of people naturally assume that a double pivot is going to be made up of two defensive players. And the experience I've had watching... Um, particularly the RB Leipzig team was that Marsh was happy throwing in uh, Kevin Campbell and Conrad Leimer to guys who are pretty small not particularly um, big defensive players that we uh, and and certainly not the sort of big aggressive kind of defensive players that we've seen in the pivot position for Bielsa so um, they also seem to be involved quite a bit in the build-up they they shift around they rotate quite a bit you'll see them dropping in between the full back uh, centre-backs dropping between the centre-back and the full-back um, you'll see them uh, ball carrying passing quite a bit having to be a little bit press resistant so I do think we are going to see maybe a slightly different sort of player in those central midfield slots in, in the pivot what do you make? Yeah I think I think the first choice would be Phillips and Forshaw because I think you can get there. You can get that bit more physical presence in Phillips who can still distribute the ball well. And then you've got Forshaw who can um, um, possess the ball probably the best in the team. Um, but for now, I I don't know. I think it could be Forshaw and Click as a as a midfield too, um, and it becomes more about rather than how defensively minded they are, as you uh, as you've already said, it becomes more about sort of how they are um, positioned when if we lose the ball, they're just positioned sort of at the base of that of that midfield shape, and they're there. So it would be interesting to see because Click's natural. Uh, game as has obviously been mentioned a lot um, by Bielsa particularly after the Everton game um, his his natural attributes what, the way he wants to play run ahead of the ball um, so he would have to curb that quite a bit um, but I feel like in that particular game Click was, I don't know that he was ever prepped to be playing in that position I just think he played in that position because uh Everton sprung the sort of surprise formation on us and that that caused us to change whereas if this is something that he's like coached in this position and then it might be different but I don't see click as a long term there we just might see it for a bit at the end of this season in the long term what would you what would you anticipate the players in that position to be I think that's clearly where we're going to have some signings. I guess we haven't for so long. <laughs> yeah, to, so. It's, it's. I guess we're going to find out. I think as we see how it plays out a bit more, what he, what he really sees, um, the main attributes needed for for that role. Um, but yeah, like like you've already said, Campbell, Lima. I think it becomes about sort of energetic. Like they're both energetic players, which is needed. 
um, but they are comfortable with, with the ball at their feet. So I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how he likes Lewis Bate, whether he gets any chances. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think that we, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how the, the various players fit into these positions. Um, I guess with the with the centre midfielders, do you think that now Marsh is just going to view Dallas as a fullback rather than a centre midfielder? I, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly, I'm not sure yet because again, he could be, he could be in there. Like it feels like we've because of ha- like Bielsa seeing Dallas as like any position that he kind of wants him to be it's um it's hard to know what whether Bielsa um Marsh will be like no you've got you've got a fixed position in this team now or or and which that is I think I have naturally assumed that it's the fullback but maybe he would be preferable to to click uh in that midfield slot I would say maybe if you want someone coming short to get the ball He's not really the one I I would want there, um, because I don't really believe that he's very good at taking it on the turn or helping them be able to move it forwards. I think his best stuff that he does in midfield is generally off the ball, in like running, basically making a run to receive the ball. Yeah, and ball carrying as well, right? Which yeah. isn't going to be, I don't think, a huge... Um, maybe, maybe, but certainly not in the centre of midfield double pivot spots, I don't think. But no. um, we'll wait and see. But wide wide midfielders that, that are playing in that narrow configuration, um, this, is, this is the big question, right? Because we have a team that is designed to have almost classic wingers, to be honest, and... These are very much not classic wingers. These are players who will uh, be expected to press a lot from the middle, will be expected to be able to break through the middle, uh, carry the ball through the middle under pressure, um, play the ball quickly uh, and and try and release uh, strikers and, and, and other uh, midfielders uh, going forward. So I think Rafinha is an obvious one that this is the position that he will be playing in. Um, the other big question, I suppose, is who will be playing alongside him in that slot, do you think? I think Harrison is probably the the one who least fits um, because I think he is a classic winger on the left hand side. I think James playing on the left on his on his wrong like on um, his opposite side where he comes inside on his right um, that might suit him a bit better. And um, maybe Rodrigo could be a player there although I I think he'll probably be a striker but Rodrigo could be one of these um these sort of half wingers as well um just because he is probably the best creator in the team from that kind of area on the pitch um we've obviously said lots of times that he's one of the worst pressers if not the worst presser um in the team uh, I'm gonna just wait and see <laughs> how that works in terms of a ball oriented press where it's more like you're pressing as one of several players who are going to win win the ball together rather than you mustn't let this one man go because I feel like I feel like he was better as a presser when it was like this player's got the ball I'm going to run towards them than he was of oh that's my man just running past me I I think he's almost better at directly pressing the ball than he is at marking someone is I guess that's what I'm trying to say so be interested to see how that plays out 
and whether he breaks us in the same way that we felt he, he broke us with Bielsa. Yeah, I think it's maybe worth talking a little bit about the difference in the possessional structure because I do feel as though the players that we have are really players who thrive in those structures that allow them space. Uh, Rafinha, I think, is a great, great running at speed at players one-on-one when he gets isolated against them. Um, maybe less less dangerous in central areas when there's a little bit more crowdedness around uh, and I think the same probably true a little bit of, of Rodrigo as well like I think a lot of the really good stuff he did was in those games where he was able to get a little bit of space and move the ball um, so yeah in terms of in terms of this the, the, the fact that you know when you play this kind of system you do need to have players who are good at a very specific technical thing how do you think that sort of suits the the team given that we are going to have to I guess think about players like Dan James and Jack Harrison in these positions as well right yeah I I think um yeah I mean probably all of those all the wingers or the attacking players are best um in space I, I, I mean probably the one who I'm thinking who's pretty good like one-on-one against players in tighter areas is is Gelhart, but he's probably a striker unless he unless um Marsh thinks I'll I'll make him into an attacking midfielder I don't, I don't know if we're going to see that happen but I feel like he is one of those who's a bit more cute in those in those tight areas will take people on um yeah I I think that what you've mentioned is going to be our biggest adjustment yeah, and I suppose with Dan James, there's the other possibility that he could be played as one of the the forwards. Uh, I know that in the Red Bull system, you get a number of different ways that you can approach the the front two. Uh, I know that the, the sort of classic one was Yusuf Poulsen and Timo Werner, who obviously people know much better now. Um, and that is a sort of big man, little man combination, really, with with Paulson doing a lot of the hold up play. So you you can play the ball long directly to him. He can bring it down, and you can try and attack directly from there. Uh, and then obviously Werner running in behind. Um, we obviously don't really have the ability to do that kind of uh, approach at the moment with Pat Bamford out. Um, but in terms of in the immediate term. Um, there's certainly the possibility that we could have uh, Dan James as a, as a striker. So j- let's talk short term, then long term. Who do you short term see playing in these two positions? And do you think that that, that the sort of lack of really standout individual strikers at the moment in our squad could actually force us to to play maybe just a lone striker rather than two? Or or do you think that we will see that too? No problem. Yeah. Uh- I guess that's one of the reasons why I might lean to the three four three that that we've talked about already. Um, in the two, maybe you would play Rodrigo as the one who will play a bit more back to goal. I think because he's, I think he's smart at being able to to take the ball um, back to goal. Um, he's not going to ever be like a target man, flick on type type player, but I think he might be able to if he can take it, turn it and play it for somebody else. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I've thought this through a bit because I've, I've tried to argue that I think Gelhart is better at running in behind than he's given credit for, but I won't argue that his natural propensity is to come deep to get the ball to his feet and then he wants to turn and run with it. So probably Rodrigo and Gelhart, we, we wouldn't see as a partnership, um, I'm sure now we'll line up like that in the first game and, and I'll look stupid um, having said that. But um, 
I also probably don't think that we see Rodrigo and Roberts because any time that Bielsa ever tried to play that, they just they seem to go into the same spaces, even though it seems like when Roberts doesn't play with Rodrigo, he plays more like a striker. But when they played together, something weird happened uh, where they would just go into the same spaces and, and not like we would end up with no one up front or they would both be up front and no one would be in the attacking midfield position. It was really odd. Um, so then you're kind of left with, well, does James play there and stretch the play? I I was have, haven't wanted to consider that because I was like, ah, Bielsa keeps playing James up front and no one else would do that. It's so annoying. But maybe in the way that Marsh is set up, he will do that too. Um, we're just guessing, aren't we? But I do have that feeling of he might he might do that just because it suits the two in a way that I don't know any of the other combinations do. Yeah, and I guess the the awkward question you mentioned Tyler Roberts there, uh, and the, I think there'd be a lot of people expecting not to see much of Tyler Roberts, but he is the <laughs> only striker that we have that sort of fits that bigger guy mold, right? Who could do a bit of hold up, could do a little bit more of the of the, the of the stuff that you might expect from a big guy small guy combination. It's maybe scraping the barrel a bit, but um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean you, you could say Rodrigo was used as one of the attacking midfielders as I just mentioned you could have Roberts and James um maybe you could have Gelhart and Roberts I, I don't know um I, as I said I think again this feels like one of the positions that we need to like recruit for uh, so it, it, if we stay up under Marsh I, I think there's quite a bit of of work to be done in terms of getting the right profiles I think it's got the right sort of physicality for for what he needs in the squad, but I don't know if it's got the right positional profiles. And I suppose you can say about the Tyler Roberts thing is that he's a, a player who's not scared to just turn the ball over and in trying to get the the ball into dangerous situations. So it's, yeah, he might love it. Yeah, <laughs> he might he might suit it really well. Anyway, before we finish, um, just I, I guess it was, you wanted to talk a little bit about winners and losers so uh, I think that's a good good point for us to end who do you think are going to be the the winners for for us in this system yeah I mean this is just a literally a curve but I mean I slightly already mentioned it but uh, if we did the 3-4-3 could Junior be a winner because he played his best football in a 3-4-3 uh, for for Betis that's why Barca um, bought him uh, obviously a, a different kind of philosophy so maybe that that won't quite work out, but just notable that I think he perhaps really is a wing back, not a full back. So that's he could be. Um and then <laughs> maybe Koch I think could could become uh, a winner now because I think he becomes potentially becomes the first choice centre back when I think Urente was first choice uh, under Bielsa. I think right now with the squad, that's all I'm prepared to say <laughs> in terms of winners because I don't feel like I know yet how they're going to fit. Um, and then losers, I've, I think the clear one to me, as I've said as well, is Harrison because I think he is the most wingery of all of our of our wingers where he wants to play on the outside. Um, and I think I think that Marsh will get enough out of James in terms of the pressing, the running in behind, and he's he's done it a bit already. So him playing as a striker 
this season has almost been maybe good prep for him for this managerial change. Whereas I think Harrison, he wants to be wide, he wants to be crossing it. And and we're not going to necessarily do that in the same way. When we cross it, it's more going to be crossing it from like inside the box, low driven crosses. That's what I've noticed a lot um, watching, particularly watching Salzburg. It was all about trying to like get in behind between like centre back and full back and then drive it across the box for two players to run front and back post. Uh, and I, I don't know that that's going to suit Harrison. Yeah, no, I, I I think I generally agree with your assessments there. I suppose in terms of winners, maybe for sure we'll, we'll do okay in that double pivot role. I think it maybe suits him a lot better than what he's been expected to do in the Bielsa system because he's sort of between a six and, and an eight. And, and that means that, you know it feels as though one of our eight eight positions was maybe a little bit wasted with him whereas this gives us two positions that he can fit into and and so I think he'll probably um, be one of the winners and maybe even Rafinha is a loser um, because I just feel as though it does reduce his upside a little bit I still think he'll be a good player and uh, our, our best player but I much prefer him in wide areas, getting isolated one on one than than the stuff that he tends to do in the middle. I think he he we've obviously seen him come inside and 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 sort of latch onto balls at the edge of the box and score from there. So that's great. But in terms of the actual um, attacking play through the middle, I think he tends to be uh, a little bit too vulnerable in those moments as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But I think that's a good place for us to end. Um, we will be doing a preview podcast tomorrow ahead of the Leicester game, which I have no idea what we're going to say in, but um, we'll we'll try and think of something. Um, but as always, Josh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks, mate. I don't know if I've said at any point whether I'm positive about this or not. But I just want to, want to say that I, I feel... I feel tentatively optimistic about this, about this. So just in case anyone's like, were you guys, do you think this is good or not good? I'm tentatively optimistic. That's good. Yeah, I'm tentatively neutral, I'll say. <laughs> but um, as I've said before, if you want to get like a full 30 minute video of, of breaking down like the, the basic overview of what to expect from Marsh's football, then go across to our Patreon uh, www.patreon.com forward slash all stats aren't we and there's a video up there uh, and yeah do check that out but we will be back after the Leicester game uh, I guess on the Sunday with with a review podcast as well so uh, yeah let's look forward to the beginning of a new era of, of Leeds United deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.